Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, when we started this project, we were not sure how hard it would be to edit, record everything, and then eventually distribute. But then luckily, someone told us about Anchor. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Secondly, they have creation tools that will allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or your computer. They distribute your podcast for you. And the best thing is you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Unprotected Sets captures the energy of a live comedy show and brings it directly to your ears. Part stand-up, part interview. You'll get an inside scoop into the tragically funny lives and minds of rising star comics. Real, raw, and funny. It's Unprotected Sets. Coming to the stage manager next to me, I need a lot of energy from y'all, please, right now. Give him some love, give him some love. Please give it up for Dave Wait. a mask on i'm just raw dog in the air like you guys look at it just woo fuck ah how about this backdrop am i on the bachelorette or something am i getting a rose you would root for the bald guy on the bachelorette right they've never had a bald guy you'd be like that's my guy baldy get in there buddy I was in a 7-Eleven the other day. Somebody sneezed. I almost burned that whole place down. This place is canceled, bro. You can't have people sneezing in here. It's over. Oh, man. I got a, I got a dad bod. I don't know if that's from the quarantine or life. I don't know what that's about. I've been saying a lot of dad stuff lately. I'm turning into a dad. I'm telling people to knock it off. I'm telling people to cut it out. I'm asking, what's that noise in there a lot? And it's just me. I don't have any kids. I'm just like, knock it off. Stop it. I've sit on my porch now. I yell at cars when they drive by. I'm out there smoking cigarettes, yelling at cars, drinking beers like a white trash dad. I'm just like, slow it down. Job and belt. You know that guy he just diagnoses a car when he drives by? Muffler. Wouldn't want to be that guy in six weeks. <laughs> All right, let me check my notes. Uh, be funny. Mission accomplished. All right. I was an only child for like 10 years. So I think that kind of plays into why I became a comedian. So if I did anything goofy, I had everybody's attention, you know, and, and would make people laugh. I remember it very vividly. It was Thanksgiving morning, 
And, you know, I was pumped because it's food and there's a lot of activity. And like, I always kind of, you know, performed. You know, I've always been performative, even probably as a kid. And my parents were like, we got a surprise for you. And I was like, oh shit, am I getting a gift on Thanksgiving? I'm crushing it. And they were like, you're gonna have a little brother or sister. And oh, buddy, I wasn't feeling that at all. No. The, the show's over, you know? I had to share the spotlight. After my sister w was born, my mom made me go to like a, what's it like to be a big brother or big sister class? I mean, every other kid is the toddler in there and I'm like a giant freak. I mean, maybe I did need to be there more than them, maybe because I was probably the one that was going to have more, you know, struggle with it, but I didn't need to be there. Do smile a lot if you haven't noticed. I smile a lot for a depressed person. Don't clap for that, please. That'd be fucked up. You're like, yeah, hide it from the world. Uh, I do smile a lot for a depressed person. Uh, well, nobody wants to hang out with a sad bitch, right? So if you smile, you can still have friends. It works, all right? And Los Angeles is a place that people don't like. They don't like depression, all right? If you want to be depressed in America, you better live in Seattle or New York City. But in L.A., you got to pretend like it's working out all the time. You're like, hey, I'm just waiting to hear back on that thing, and then it's going to happen. It's all going to turn around. I'm just waiting on the call. I don't know. I guess you could be sad and have friends, right? I guess it's a possibility. One, one sad person clap. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Me right? Charlie Brown had a lot of friends. He was a sad, sad bitch. Yeah, I know. I just called the cartoon character Charlie Brown a sad bitch, but he was, all right? And he had every right to be sad. He was bald in third grade, all right? That's a hard way to go. Being a bald ass third grader. And what did Charlie Brown want more than anything in life? He wanted to kick a field goal. The thing he wanted. Wasn't even cool, y'all. <laughs> he tried to kick that field goal. That girl always took the ball away. The thing he wanted wasn't even cool. And I know this. Because when I was in high school, I kicked a game-winning field goal for my high school football team. Okay. <laughs> we did go 2-8 and eight that season, so let's not go crazy. And after I kicked the game-winning field goal, a cheerleader gave me a side hug. That's it. Just... <laughs> And the quarterback got a full-on beach, full blow job, all the way in there. <laughs> I had missed the like three kicks up to that point. In that game, or yeah, it was a terrible game. And then at the halftime, I kind of had a meltdown and shit. And then in the second half, the other team was like winning. I could see we were driving, and then I started like freaking out again, having a panic attack. And my football coach was like. It's not the goddamn Super Bowl, Davey. <laughs> and I was like, ah, that's a good point. Anyways, I get out there, and the guy's the quarterback. He's a senior. He's cool. And I'm a sophomore. Not cool. And he, he looks at me like before the ball comes back, he goes, hey, I just want you to know we're going to kick your ass if you don't make this. <laughs> You've already missed three of them, yeah. And I was like, oh, this isn't really instilling a lot of confidence. And I made it. And then everybody went ape shit. And they, they tackled me, like, you know, the team. And we got a penalty because there was still time. There's like <laughs> 10 seconds left. Charlie Brown, though, he, he had a deep crew, right? He had a deep crew of friends, and he was pretty woke, okay? <laughs> Think about it. Black friend, lesbian friend, that dirty kid, okay? <laughs> he had a dirty kid in his crew, okay? 
That's some progressive shit, hanging out with a dirty kid. And the whole time they were worried about a fucked up Christmas tree, there was a fucked up kid next to that tree, okay? They should have saved that kid's Christmas, okay? That tree is already dead. Water break. Do I need to tell you that? You guys got eyes. You can see that. Woo, shit. All right. That lady hasn't been outside once. She's like, somebody's drinking water. Oh, my goodness. It's another human. Look at him. I'm from uh, Kentucky. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's a place, you know, y- you got to, I don't know. When you show up, like I show up at places out here in L.A., I'm like, hey, I'm from Kentucky. And people are like, cousin fingering. I'm like, whoa, shit, I just got here. Let me get a beer. Come on, let's relax. And I, I don't know anything about Kentucky. I know George Clooney's from there. That's it. And that's what I'll say. And then I hope there's no more follow-up questions. I don't, and I want to defend. You know, everybody wants to defend where they're from. But, man, it's tough. It's tough. Like, the last time I went home, I found out everybody loves Trump and heroin. Okay? That's, yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not saying doing heroin makes you like the president. But... You know, it's hard to keep up with the news when you're turning blue in a Burger King bathroom. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry all my friends are dead. <laughs> Last time I was home, I saw a dude wearing a Confederate flag shirt, which is a huge bummer. And his shirt said, it's our heritage on it. And I was like, man, this guy didn't even pay attention in school. Kentucky, not in the Confederacy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We were neutral at the beginning, trying to see how it was going to play out, and then we got with the winners, all right? Uh, And that guy was white, obviously. Uh, I'm a white. I've been thinking a lot about, uh, you know, whites and what we're up to and what we're... not all whites, but a lot of whites. A lot of whites, their favorite thing is peace and quiet. That's their jam. Silence. Don't believe me? Think of some white shit real quick. Mountains. Oh, man. White people, we love mountains. You ever been to Colorado? Pretty white. All mountains. Fishing. That's some white shit. Hey, you want to go on a lake? Not talk to each other for three hours? Sounds fantastic. Wish we weren't talking right now. Golf. We made up a quiet clap. That's some crazy shit. Space. We love space, don't we, whiteies? Oh, shit. Every rich white billionaire is building their own rocket to the moon as we speak. You know why? Because space is a vacuum. You can't have noise in a vacuum. We're just floating around in silence. Yeah, that's whites. Sometimes that joke doesn't work here in California because the California whites think they're the good ones, and they're not. Um, I'm trying to get woke, though. That's what, I, that's what I've been up to. I don't know how to do that, but I'm trying. I watched that movie, The Black Klansman. That was powerful. It was, uh, yeah, it it overwhelmed me. I know that much because the next day I saw my landlord who's black and my brain was like, you should tell him you saw that movie. And that's not how shit works, okay? (laughs) 
It's like if a black guy saw me, it was like, hey, I saw Mama Mia last week. I'd be like, I guess. All right. I definitely think white privilege is a thing. There's been numerous times in my life I've benefited from it where the police should have arrested me, and they're like, get home safe. And I'm like, whatever, fuck you, USA. <laughs> me. I would say the one place white people don't have privilege or credit is the dance floor. People are pretty adamant that we can't do that and we should not do that. They're like, knock it off. But dancing's fun, and I wanted to do it. That's why I found myself getting into like jam bands like, hippie, like the Grateful Dead and Fish, because those hippie concerts are a safe space for white dancing, okay? And nobody's dancing good at those concerts, all right? Everybody is dancing like a windsock in front of a car dealership. <laughs> What's the biggest complaint about jam bands? They're like, why is the song 20 minutes long? The song's that long for white people to get on the beat, okay? <laughs> The Grateful Dead, they have two drummers. They're giving you a lot of chances to get on the beat. Here's the thing. The band's not even on the beat. All right. Hot dog. I didn't really figure out what I was going to do in college. They put all this emphasis, like, you got to figure it all out, like, right away. And, like, I mean, I don't know. I just I didn't, I didn't figure it out right away. I was just doing, like, the entry-level stuff, you know? And then I was, like, a couple years out of college, and I was already in, like, the machine, you know? And I started seeing people that I'd went to college with, like, getting married at, like, 24, 25, buying a house at 26 already. And I'm like, whoa, it's already, you already, okay, I, I, I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> like, I was like, man, is this, what am I doing here? Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey y'all, it's them. It's Jaden. It's Carly Hansen. It's Oliver Tree. What's going on? It's Ian Dior. And we all know Valentine's Day is the most romantic time of the year. Whatever. <laughs> My friends and I are about to turn the whole holiday upside down in our new scripted holiday series, Valentine's Day in Hell. First we spent Halloween in Hell. Now you're invited to be a part of the next musical podcast from our In Hell series. <laughs> This time around, the devil is playing games with all of our hearts, trying to ruin our Valentine's Day plans by dragging us down to the depths of hell. In each episode, you're going to hear new original music from artists like Ian Dior, Jaden, Carly Hansen, and me, Pat. Tune in to the Valentine's Day in Hell comedy horror musical podcast. Subscribe for full episodes, bonus material, and original music. This February, check out Valentine's Day in Hell. Brought to you by Audio Up and Podcast One. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And the before times, I went to, uh, last year, I went to a concert, a rock concert. And before the show, my buddy had some uh, mushroom capsules. They're like magic <laughs> mushrooms, but they're like in a pill form. You know, the future. And uh, my, bu my buddy, he goes, you can take one of these if you're a pussy, or two if you want to blast off. 
And I was like, let's go to the moon, spaceman. Let's do this. Gobble, gobble. I took both those. And about 15 minutes later, I realized I was a pussy. Yeah. Oh, man. I did too much. I was like, oh, shit. I should have learned. I've done, I've done magic mushrooms so many times. You think I would, I would learn, but I haven't. One of the earliest times I did magic mushrooms was back in Kentucky, and it was right around that time the movie Scream came out. It was, you know, a while, you know, 20 years ago, whatever. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Scream. It's classic. Seven people. Eight. More. Okay. You're going to enjoy this joke. Everybody else will see. We'll see. When that movie came out, Drew Barrymore was in the previews a lot. She was a big star. And me and my buddy took some magic mushrooms and went and saw that movie. Because the only reason we took it, and in Kentucky, magic mushrooms are like the McRib. They're only around for a limited time only, and then they're gone. So we had to take those, and we had to see Scream. It was the, you know, the jam. And we went and saw the movie. And if, if you remember that movie at all, Drew Barrymore dies in the first ten minutes. And me and my buddy were tripping so hard, we both stood up to leave after she died because we thought... The movie was over. <laughs> they were like, man, they fucked her up. That was, that was crazy. That was wild. They just killed the star of the movie. And then our friends were like, sit down. And uh, they were right. There was a lot more movie left. <laughs> I've been single for the whole pandemic. Yeah. I'm lonely. <laughs> I don't know. Man, I'm trying, you know, before this, I was getting out there, you know, you know, trying to be a better at dating. I'm trying not to uh, ghost people, as the kids say. You know, you got to let people know that, hey, I don't like being around you. You just got to tell them that. You can't just disappear. <laughs> That's fucked up. You got to man up and be like, I don't like your presence, okay? <laughs> But that's tough. I'll be honest. That's tough. So I came up with a middle ground. It's called sunsetting, okay? And you just kind of drift off. You return a text every once in a while. You just drift off over the horizon. That's the extent of my mind work, everybody. I went and got, like, on Lexapro, which is like an anti-anxiety medication, before I started doing comedy because I needed to do something to... Uh, you know, relieve the, the anxiety. I was depressed because I was working a job that I didn't want to be at. And I didn't, I was like, this can't be my future. So, you know, Lexapro, I started taking that right before I started doing comedy. And, it, you know, I think it probably, even if it just gave me the placebo effect of, I felt you know, more comfortable around people. And, uh, you know, now, now I realize that uh, everybody, everybody, if, if people do something new, they feel nervous. I'm not alone. But it takes a long time to realize that. I do need a wife, though. I've been out in the wild too long. Look at my hair. Look at this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, no, I just... I, <laughs> I do need a wife, though. I've just been out in the wild too long, you know? I can't eat another frozen dinner to save my life. And I don't expect a lady to cook. That's fucked up. But if she can, if she's bringing that to the table, I'm, a, I got, I'm bringing some stuff to the table, Okay. Right? I can check on noises. Boom. <laughs> and take the garbage out. 
I'm good at rubbing backs. I'm rub I'll rub a foot. I don't care. I'll get in there. I'll, I'll get a knife out. Saw the bunion off. I have to. Let's get it out of there. Let's get, come on. And I'm real good at fingering. <laughs> Were you guys not ready for a fingering joke after that? Was the bunions thing too much? <laughs> You're like, I didn't leave my house in the pandemic to hear no fingering joke, bro. <laughs> Bring some better shit than that, dog. I'm so good at fingering, my, my Tinder profile is just a picture of my finger. <laughs> Come on. That's the best Tinder joke in comedy. Slash fingering joke, okay? <laughs> Years ago, I was dating a lady, and uh, it, it happened, and uh, <laughs> I was dating this lady, and I was telling her about my time in New York City. I lived there for a couple years, and I was like, boy, there's a lot of rats in New York City. And she's like, oh, how'd the rats get there? And I'm like, all right, that's a good question, okay? I think rats came over on ships from Europe. And she's like, rats had their own ships? <laughs> And I was like, you got some big titties. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're just going to drive past a couple red flags on the way to Titty Town. All right? You're just going to blow through some stuff. And she already lives in a better world, right? She lives in a world where she thinks rats are sailing the seven seas, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to ruin that for her with facts. <laughs> I worked in Fidelity Investments Warehouse, and that's where they wanted to train me on a forklift. And then they told me all the ways the forklift could kill you. And I was like, boy, I got to not pass this forklift test. Because <laughs> I don't want to die with a college degree in a forklift death, okay? That isn't the final chapter in my life. I ended up signing up for a comedy class. In Cincinnati, I didn't know there was a way to even like start comedy. At that time period, it was like Seinfeld, but Seinfeld made stand-up seem almost unrealistic. It, it shows you, you don't know how he got in it. He has an apartment, he's on TV, but how do you get to that point? Uh, so I signed up for a class because I, I just wanted to kind of dip my toe in and find out that way. But I was nervous about like, you know, making new friends. I was just afraid people were going to make fun of me. I don't know. I just always felt weird. Uh, like I remember in high school, uh, I mean, you know, people sign your yearbook in high school. I remember this girl signed my yearbook. She's like, you're such a nice guy, but you're so weird. And then she underlined it three times. Like I, when you wrote weird, I got it. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. Let me tell you about my podcast. We do it uh, every single day, so you can subscribe, and there'll always be a fresh one waiting for you. It's about two hours of uh, topics, topical topics, and news, and guests, and uh, comedians, and, of course, my own vitriolic take on uh, just about everything that's going on in the world. Plus... Um, we get a lot of really interesting, uh, notable people who come in. We'll get politicians, we'll get the tastemakers, we'll get stand-ups, we'll get uh, authors, we'll get uh, pundits, we'll get, uh, what I say? Well, I think about covers it all, celebrities as well. And uh, we'll do some really interesting interviews with them. You can get The Adam Carolla Show wherever you download your podcast.
Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. My grandma told me a story about waiting in line at a bakery. That was it, the whole story. And she crushed it, because I was bored, okay? And when you're telling a story, you're supposed to convey what an experience is like. Have you ever waited in line at a bakery? It's boring. So she nailed it. I got what it was like to be there. And I got up to leave, and I was going to the door, and she's like, make sure you close my door all the way. A bat got in my house last week. And that's when I got upset, because that means she was sitting on a bat in her house story the whole time she was telling me that horseshit bakery story, okay? Bat in the house is front page news in the Granny Gazette. That's the lead story, Grandma. Open with that shit. Don't bury that. That's your opener. So I had some questions. I go, what happened? She's like, oh, there was a bat flapping around in my shower. I'm like, oh, all right. Shit. Okay, that's fucked up. She's like, yeah, I got a I got a towel. I'm like, all right. And, and she's like, I chased it out of the house. I'm like, damn. I wish there was a video of that. Right? That shit would have went viral, okay? You're telling me you wouldn't have shared a video of an 80-year-old lady fighting a bat with a towel? <laughs> shit. She probably have been on Good Morning America. Let's be honest. They're like, hey, coming up after the break, we got Bat Granny in studio. She brought her towel with her. But first, we got Fleetwood back. <laughs> I do like living out here in Los Angeles. I do enjoy it. There is some stuff I can't get behind. Like I, One time I went to this place. It was a grilled cheese restaurant. That's all they make, right? I went to the grilled cheese place. I ordered grilled cheese, and the guy said $13. And I was like, man, what happened? Did I black out? <laughs> Did I order 13 grilled cheeses? <laughs> For $13, that guy better come out from behind the counter and give me a hug and tell me it's going to be okay. Because <laughs> that's what my mom would do when she made a grilled cheese, okay? <laughs> if it's full service, I'll, I'll pay the $13, all right? I get a little homesick. <laughs> Oh, was that too say it? <laughs> sometimes in life I, uh, I fuck up. I don't know about you guys. You just, you know, sometimes you just make some errors. You goof. Here's the time I fucked up. I was at a gas station. I was at the gas station. You know how you can pump it, and then you can, you can, the thing it locks in there, and then it's kind of pumping for you, and you're like, you got it, machine. You're nailing it. So I have, the machine's got me covered. So I go in the store and buy some shit. And then I come out of the gas station, and I start smoking in front of the gas station because I'm kind of a hillbilly. I don't care. I'm just having a <laughs> And then I look over my car, and I see gas is spraying everywhere on the side of my car. And at that point, I realized I have fucked up. You know what I mean? That's a pretty good indicator. So I, I put the cigarette out, and I run over there, and I, I unpump it. And then now there's a big puddle of gasoline. And I probably at this point, I probably should go in the store and let them know, hey... Some asshole spilled gas. I don't want to take full credit, you know what I mean? But 
But also, you know, when you're a kid and you spill something, you get in trouble, right? But as an adult, if you spill something, you have this option on the table. You can run away. So that's what I did. I just got in my car and was like, later, suckers. <laughs> and I drove off. And I drove that car immediately to the airport because that car was a rental car. And I got to the rental car place and the guy goes, this car smells like gasoline. And I was like, yeah, that's weird, right? That's some weird shit. I got to get on a plane, though, so peace, bro. I'm running away from my problems left and right. I'm crushing it, dude. And then I get in the airport and I forget about it because I see an Annie Ann's pretzels and I love that shit. I was like, I'm going to get myself a pretzel. I know they're marking it up at the airport, but I want a pretzel. I don't want to be in the plane and it starts crashing and be like, oh, shit, I should have bought that pretzel. I don't want that. I don't want to have that sort of regret on my mind. So I get my pretzel. I eat it like a dumbass. And then they finally, they start boarding the plane. And I get on the plane and I sit down. And the lady sits down in front of me, and immediately that lady's like, this plane smells like gasoline. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I bet you that's me. It was me. It's my shoes. They, I, since I had stepped in the gas, they, now they smell like gasoline. And the flight attendant comes over. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, man, some asshole spilled gas at the gas station. <laughs> and I ended up stepping in it. Now my shoes smell like gas. He's like, yeah, I can smell it. And then we just kind of stare at each other. Because nobody knows what to do at this point, all right? This doesn't come up on every flight. He's like, I guess I got to take your shoes to the captain. Not me, just my shoes. So I take my shoes off, and I'm standing there in my socks like a dickhead. And he takes my shoes to the captain. I bet you when he woke up that morning and flew to Fort Myers, Florida, he probably didn't think, as part of his job, he was going to have to smell another man's shoe. But... He is the captain, and the buck stops with him. So I saw this grown man hold up my gym shoe and give it a sniff. It's fucked up. <laughs> and they sat there and bullshitted for a while, and then the flight attendant came back with my shoes, and he goes, hey, man, the pilot said it's cool. Oh, huh, all right. <laughs> Did he also say it's groovy? Because he just huffed gasoline, okay? <laughs> Got a good huff in there. Maybe he was, like, far out. He goes, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put the shoes in a plastic bag, and we're going to throw them in the overhead. I'm like, all right. And he goes, you got, then you got to sit in the very last row by the bathroom in your socks. And that's what happens. As an adult, if you run away from your problems enough, you get an adult timeout. You know what I mean? They're like, go back there and think about what you did. Well, I'm done. That's it. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.